No, you're not alone. Cause I'm gonna make this place your home. News Radio 840 WHAS Sunday morning. The Louisville Real Estate Show here with you for the next 30 minutes. I'm Bob Stakoler. Here to take your questions and get you some answers. You can reach me anytime, whether it's for the radio show or to have your home listed and sold or to buy a home, 376-5483. Also here in the studio, Randy Rocky, Swan Financial. They do a great job getting loans closed. You can reach him directly at 645-0736. In fact, he's on his phone right now, aren't you? Yes, yes you are. Here's the guy, even Sunday morning. Also. Here is Lee Harris, who is the legal counsel, Limestone Title and Escrow, and her direct cell phone number is 649-7964. Good to have you here, Lee. Thank you for having me. I should tell everybody, you know, as uh, real estate agents, we are continued, both in Indiana and Kentucky, to do what's called continuing education. Quite frankly, most of the time, it's stuff we know regurgitated sent back at us. But this year for my Kentucky CE along with a bunch of my fellow teammates uh, at uh, my sh- on the on our team and at Remax Properties East we had Lee Harris who used to be the attorney for the Kentucky Real Estate Commission host and hold our continuing get 6 hours worth and i have to tell you Lee not only was it spectacular thank you but to, i've i've polled everybody and they absolutely thought it was the best continuing education that we've ever received Thank you so much. I'm glad to hear that. For any agents who are listening who've got to do CE, because we have to do it every year, you need to contact Lee and create a time time for her to do the CE for you because it will fly by, and it's all relevant information that we use every day, not some stuff out of a book. Sorry, Kentucky Commission, but what she's doing is what's needed, not what we've got and by other means, if you follow me. I'll be there every year. You, uh, We'd love to. That's great. Yes. Now, can you do Southern Indiana as well? No. Uh, no. Because you're not licensed <laughs> there. I know. All right. Well, that's another story for another day. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. Bob Sekolder, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHS. Good morning. Hi, Bob. This is Chris. Yeah. I have a credit rating of 620, and I want to know if that's a good enough credit score for me to apply for a mortgage that I could afford. I'm a first-time home buyer, so is that going to work out for me in applying for a mortgage? What can I get? So, Randy, I know it fluctuates, but where's the bar right now for anybody who's thinking of buying a home, first of all, with their credit score? Uh, well, a 620, you're looking at an FHA loan, Bob, and, and absolutely. With our company, a lot of companies, you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, they have uh, – there's a lot of restrictions, too, even if they do get qualified at 620 that we don't have. Um, so – in that scenario, you're looking at three and a half percent down, and you know you're looking, you know, in the low fours, uh, high, you know, on an FHA loan. Uh, so it's a really, it's a really great product, um, and yes, I can absolutely help him. And then there's a first time home buyer tax credit, which I've done a lot with you and your real estate agents, and uh, there, there's there's several thousand dollar savings I can put him on to. Being a first-time home buyer, you haven't bought in three years. Got it. So Randy's number, just for you to know to call Chris, is 645-0736. Be, be advised, talking about saving money and on payments. Coming up a little later in the show, 14 Secrets of People with Low Energy Bills. That actually is a pretty good thought. We had an email question come in from Jenny. She says, I have signed a purchase agreement with a seller of a home 
and I've been living that I've been living in and renting for five years. Today was closing. My husband and I spent almost four thousand dollars doing repairs. She never did, so we could get an FHA loan, which in many cases, Randy, there are requirements yes, right, for FHA loans. For example, peeling paint, they won't loan on an FHA windows loan. And yeah, things, things like that won't work. Today, the seller, she says, decides she now wants to rent from us for October and November and has refused to sign papers until that mortgage company's trying to talk sense into her because she's let the mortgage go since last July, so she hasn't paid on her mortgage. Jenny is devastated. She's out of money. She feels she does not owe us or Jenny anything. The seller does. Says it doesn't owe her anything. And she lives in California. The seller does, and they live in uh, Shepherdsville. They don't know what to do. Rent was not uh, to be paid since we signed purchase agreement on September 30th. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like a for sale by owner situation, buying yes. from their landlord. I think anyone who's renting from somebody could learn from this. Yes. Lee, what do we do? Well, uh, the, the key to any situation is hopefully a good written agreement. So your lease or your purchase contract, if the purchase contract says that as of the time you sign, then there's no more rent, you're just going to purchase at a certain price, um, then that would control. She won't, the landlord won't win that. Um, if it doesn't address that, then um, certainly you could have uh, other factors that could come into play to determine. All right. I, I'm, I don't know, but I'm thinking, though, if it's verbal, Right, verbal's not going to work. Not going to work. She's there out of luck. Right. It needs a good written agreement. Oh, boy. Jenny, I wish you the best of luck on that. Hopefully, that's not the answer that you wanted, but that's the answer that you need to hear. And uh, next time, I really, you know, it sounds self-serving, but I would tell you, use a real estate agent. That's what we're here for. We have attorneys at our beck and call. They will answer questions for you without charge. Back to the phones. Good morning, Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHS. Good morning. I was out west for the holidays, and I heard something called home title fraud. What is that? Yeah, we've heard a little bit about this. Lee, you and I talked about this briefly. Yes. But this is a serious problem? Yes. Well, I hadn't heard about it until we, you and I discussed it, but I looked, uh, looked into it a little bit. And basically what home title fraud is is someone will go down and, and, and uh, file paperwork to put their name on your deed and, mm-hmm. and essentially uh, in the public records become the owner of your home. And um, <clears throat> so then you go to sell it or whatever, and you've got a title problem, or or, or people think they own your home, and uh, it could be a serious problem. So I got to thinking about what could people do to uh, combat this. Because this can hit anybody, sure, anywhere, anybody. anytime, right? A, a county recorder or county clerk, if you present them with a deed and you pay them their $15 or $17 or whatever, they don't know that that's not uh, the person who really you know bought it or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. It could literally go in the title and and uh, and be in the record, and then at the very least you have a major problem, you know. Um, and so I was got I got to thinking about what could people do, and and uh, this might sound uh, silly, but in many many counties now you can look up very simply your deed online. Uh, for example, in Jefferson County, Kentucky, mm-hmm. you go to Jefferson County Clerk's online, you click online land records, put in your last name, your first name, and it'll pull up. If you ever Make yourself a note on your calendar. Do it once a year. And if there's ever any problem, then you can, you know, nip it in the bud. So would it be true for any other county as well? Bullock County, Oldham? A lot of counties don't yet have it. All of them will, of course, Mm -hmm. at some point. But uh, many, many do. I'm guessing you're not suggesting that they call because that's going to drive. I think if you call, they'll tell you we can't tell you over the phone. Yeah. So can they go down in person? Sure. You'd always go in person. But it's certainly a a, a trip. Yeah. But so beware of this. Again, it is... um, Home title fraud. You can Google it. 
um, and get more information on it, but it's scary. It is scary. They're doing stories out west on this, on the news. That's how I first learned about it. Uh, just concerned that this could happen, so we wanted to make all of our clients, all of our sellers, all of our buyers, all of our listeners aware about it. I'm glad that um, Caroline called it. Right. Be diligent. That's my advice. Got it. To the phones we go again. Good morning, Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Good morning. Hi, Bob. This is Nicole. Yeah. And um, my house has been on the market for about almost seven months, and no one has made me an offer, and I'm wondering why. So, Nicole, it comes down to four things, sell a home, price, condition, location, and marketing. So, obviously, we don't know much about the home, but you've got to look at the price and how does it compare to other homes in the area, subdivision, and how they're built out. And by that, I mean specifically, do you have granite countertops? Do others have granite countertops that are selling for equal prices? Uh, condition, is there wear and tear on the home? For example, if carpets are dirty or there's trim that needs to be painted, buyers walk in, they say, oh, this house needs a lot of work. I don't want to, even though it might be just simply a carpet cleaning. A lot of buyers just want to walk in, move in, not have to worry about doing anything when they get in, even if it is as simple as a carpet cleaning. Uh, location, and I don't want to speak about this area better than that area, but that does pay a, play a part in where buyers are looking. Hotter areas, obviously going to sell faster and for more money than slower areas. And then marketing, and that's where we come in, and not to be self-serving again on this, but i got to tell you, if you look at homes online, go to any website, realtor.com, Zillow, and start looking through pictures. And there's some basic key things that buyers are looking at. And if your picture of your home and the pictures of it inside don't look like they've come out of an architectural digest magazine, and I, I'm not joking about this, they need to look that good in lighting, in uh, perspective of what the pictures show. It basically to a buyer, it's a turnoff and they'll keep moving on. Maybe something gets their attention that by luck and they go to see the house, but those pictures are the first foot you're putting forward. And if they don't look good, and if the video about the house doesn't look good, and if the 3D photography that walks you through the house and shows you it as a dollhouse doesn't look good, then it detracts from the ability to sell your house. And if you want to know what I'm talking about in terms of 3D, go to louisville3d.com. And it's what we're doing in photography, and my son Greg does a great job with that, louisville3d.com, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I'm thinking of putting more than just the 3D photos. I'm going to put other pictures, examples of good photos, bad photos, so people can get an idea of what, what the differences are. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning, Bob Stakoler, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840, WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Jamie. Yeah. My condo association says there's a 20-pound limit to dog a neighbor clearly has a dog much bigger than that, but says it's a service dog and allowed. I'm concerned that could hurt me when I sell. Hmm. So we know there are con- – oh, Lee, you've got something – go ahead. Well, we just talked about that at our CE Oh, class. that's right. We did, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there are a lot of condo associations that have a limit on whether it's a cat or a dog uh, of 20 pounds. Yes. Or maybe it's 30 pounds or 40 pounds. Right. So this person obviously is concerned because it could – if they start seeing, if a, a 40 or 50 or 80-pound dog is seen walking around, that could have an impact on um, a sale of their house or condo. I'm a dog lover, so I, I really hate to even think about it. But what are your thoughts on it from a legal perspective? Well, from a legal perspective, um, uh, under 
the fair housing laws, if some animal, it doesn't have to be a dog, it could be a lot of other things, uh, but let's say it's a dog, uh, fair housing laws allow for people to have a service animal um, that's certified, and that's for physical or mental disabilities. Mm-hmm. As long as you have a legitimate uh, doctor's notice that you have a physical or mental disability, and as long as you have a certification that your pet is certified for that to be a, uh, a service animal. In fact, they're not even called pets. They're called service animals. Um, then that's going to win out uh, uh, over the condo rules uh, if it's a legitimate service animal. All right. So let me make sure I hear you correctly. So if you have a – you're thinking about moving in a condo. I'm going to put a scenario here. And the condo association has a limit of 20 pounds. Right. And you have a dog that's 40 pounds. Mm-hmm. If you can get the dog certified that it's a service dog, legitimately right. service dog, yes, that you can buy, move in, and the condo association has no control over it? They, if it is legitimately a service animal and you have the paperwork and the documentation to say so, um, the fair housing laws will ultimately win out. How about that? Yeah. That's very interesting. So I guess, Jamie, when it comes back to this particular situation, if it's a service dog, I mean, you could go to your condo association and want to challenge whether it's legitimately a service dog that you're seeing. But if it is, it sounds like you don't have a leg to stand on at this point. It could also work the other way, which is more people could buy your condo because more people who have animals over 20 pounds could move in if they that's, have a service animal. That is actually an interesting idea, Randy. I never thought of it that way, but that is possible. Now, again, I've never been on a condo association board or a subdivision board, but i got to believe they got enough problems going on. Won't they not be happy with this answer that you've just given? I mean, will they take issue with it? Probably, yeah? yes. Lee Harris's phone number, by the way, <laughs> in case you want to talk to her about it, 649-7964. No, it's, it's ringing now. It's ringing right now. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, more of your phone calls. We'll talk more about where the interest rates are, where they're going, and what we're expecting as much as we can in terms of for predicting the future. Also, 14 secrets of people with low energy bills. We'll reveal those and give you a heads up because it may save you some money this winter. I'm Bob Sikola. Of course, you can reach me anytime, 376-5483. Randy Rocky in the studio from Swan Financial. They do a great job, 645-0736. And Lee Harris, who is over at Legal, well, Limestone Legal, uh, Limestone Title and Escrow. She's legal counsel over there is what I was trying to say this morning. <laughs> and her number, again, is 649-7964. Back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. This is Lee Harris, owner and attorney at Limestone Title and Escrow here in Louisville, Kentucky. We are an experienced team of processors and attorneys who will be happy to help you with your closing needs. We are known for our flexible closing times. We're open to nights and weekends, whatever suits you or your clients. We can help you provide a smooth and quick closing and help with difficult situations based upon our history of expertise and experience in closings. Call us anytime at 502-632-227. Need a home loan or refinancing? You need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a 1% down program that also you will get 2% grant money from the investor. Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 26362. Equal housing opportunity. Call 
Call for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply. Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. When homes are selling fast, who can ensure you'll get the most money for yours? I'm Barbara Corcoran, and I've managed agents who have sold homes for thousands of dollars over list price. The key is to hire the agent with a smart, aggressive marketing plan. In Louisville, no agent sells more homes than Bob Sokolar. His marketing attracts over 1,000 buyers month after month and allows him to put an immediate cash offer on your home and offer flexible fees. Go to WeSellLouisville.com and get top dollar for your home. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sekoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show, here with you to the top of the hour. In the studios with us, Lee Harris, Legal Counsel, Limestone Title and Escrow, and her number is 649-7964. Brandy Rocky, Swan Financial is here as well, 645-0736, and of course you can reach me anytime, 3765483. We love Barbara Corcoran, and um, we uh, appreciate her endorsing us. If you're looking to get more information about what we do and why we're number one uh, seven years in a row, six or seven years in a row, uh, send me an email. We'll send you our information about what we do uh, to bob at com. That's bob at com, And you can just put something like information in the uh, subject line. I don't know what you're talking about. So there are 14 secrets of people with low energy bills that we could all copy to help us save money. And Randy, I know saving money on the top of your list. So one of the things that they do is they know their usage. The best way to get a handle on home energy is to use a schedule home energy audit. Have either of you two scheduled an audit with LG&E at this point? I have not yet, but I know I should. No, we all should, right? I mean, we talk about it, but let's do it. Also, they use the right apps. You enlist your smartphone, Randy, you've got that in your hand, uh, to uh, become more efficient. There are many apps out there that track your energy usage and then make recommendations to improve your efficiency. And uh, most of the apps are available for a small fee. And um, if you'd like more information on that, send me an email, bob at com, and put in the subject line, Energy Savings, and I'll send you a link to that. Also, these folks use their windows, and if you're not leveraging your windows to boost household energy efficiency. You're missing a big, big opportunity. During the winter months, keep the shades, blinds, curtains open during the day to let in sunshine and provide natural warmth and light. And come sunset, close the windows coverings tightly to minimize heat loss. And if you're using windows that are older and less efficient, you may want to consider installing heavier draperies for winter time. I know my wife Sandy, every morning opens up all the shades and blinds she loves to see sunlight coming in. It just makes her happy. And I know, now having read this, she's actually saving me money. There you go. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Isn't that nice? Thank you, Sandy. Uh, also, they program a thermostat. So if you haven't received or have use of a programmable thermostat, all the big uh, places sell them these days. A couple hundred bucks, but they'll save you money's down the money down the road. And 
Average savings 10% or more on your heating bills, according to the uh, this report. Closed gaps, so in other words, you want to make sure there are no gaps in the windows, the doors, with air coming in and out. It could be a big problem. Bundle up, so instead of turning the heat up to 72 degrees, I know when my uh, in-laws come over, we turn the heat up to like 79, because my in-laws say constantly, if we go over there, I wear shorts and a T-shirt. Even if, Even if it's snowing outside, I'll wear a shorts and a T-shirt. Because I know it's hot out there. But the point of this is put a sweater on. Well, I'm not going to tell in-laws. I'm not going to tell anybody. Put a sweater on in my house. But for us, we put a sweater on and keep the temperature at 69. And that way, you're not spending so much money on heat, right? Makes sense. They dry strategically. Don't overlook the obvious. Your dryer is a huge source of heat. Randy, when was the last time you changed and checked the lint filter on your dryer in your laundry? My wife would do that. Okay, I was just wondering. Yeah, didn't know whether you did that or not. I'm sure she does it quite regularly. I do it on a regular basis. Well, you're so, yeah. wonderful. Thank you. But I do. and I do it every time because my time. husband said it burned the house down. That, well, it, it could create a problem in the dryer. So not only does the dryer dry your clothes, but it also puts a large amount of heat into the room. Choose to do your laundry at a time when you actually need the heat. First thing in the morning or as soon as you get home from work, running the dryer overnight is a waste of heat because you're already snug and warm in bed. And, you know, if you go to the, like, Home Depot, Lowe's stores, they have these attachments that you can put on the vent output of the dryer. So instead of putting the hot air outside during the winter time, you can divert it inside. It's humid, and you want to put a filter, lint filter, on it. You can use an old pair of stockings or something. But it would you're actually heating the inside of your house. It actually is a pretty smart idea if you think about that. Really, yeah. And they reverse their fans. Do you reverse your fans? Have you thought about that? You do reverse your fans in the wintertime? No. You don't. So right now, it's the way it's spinning, it's pushing air down, right? If you reverse it, it's pushing, moving air up and circulating it around the room. And what, what happens normally? Hot air rises. So you want that hot air down at the level that you're at. Smart. They skip the fire. Yeah, fireplaces are beautiful. We have a lot of buyers who always want fireplaces. But guess what? If it's a gas fireplace... Not so much loss, but if it's a wood fireplace, oh my goodness, you can actually burn money fast as fast as the money is going up the chimney because you're spending so much money to heat the outside with a wood fireplace. Motion sensors, replace your manual light switches with motion sensors or timers so that when you're out of the area, the light goes off, it's not left on, the kids aren't leaving it on. I can tell you that my kids did that a lot. I always went through the house. And they use power strips that... Um, it will tell you that the homes are, the appliances are sucking energy out of your house. So use a strip that can actually tell you that. You service your HVAC to make sure the filters are clean, running efficiently. And they pay what they use for, finally. Many households sign up for so-called budget plans with local utility companies that spread the cost of heating bills over a 12-month period. So if you're on the budget bill, it saves you money on a month-to-month basis. You're not actually saving a whole lot of money, but you don't have any spikes and valleys as you go along. Hopefully that helps. Back to the phones we go. Good morning, Bob Sekuler, Lula Real Estate Show, News Radio 840, WHAS. Good morning. Hi, Bob. This is Steve. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. I live in a pretty well-established neighborhood, and there's a bunch of these Black Lives Matter signs that are popping up in the neighborhood. Now, me personally, I have nothing against it, and I'm not a racist, but I was curious, will this hurt my chances of selling my house? Let's address this first. Ren, you're glad he's not having to field this question, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going, Lee? No, Lee? Lee? 
Um, first of all, are there communities that have restrictions against signs in their neighborhoods? Uh, there are certainly uh, communities that say you can't, A, you can't put a sign in the right-of-way, let's say what the HOA owns, you know, say the middle part or out mm-hmm. the front. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are probably communities that also have restrictions on political signs and, and advertisements and even for sale signs, for believe it or not, for home for sale. Oldham yeah. County's pr- yeah. prospect yeah. in particular. And the size of yeah. them and all yeah. of that, yes. Yeah, sure. but but in this case... Black Lives Matters um, making a statement is that they, they would not have any ability under uh, fair housing laws and and other fairness laws to to prohibit what the sign says. They could just have a general law that you know if you're going to have a sign it can only be three by four or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't they couldn't uh, uh, regulate content. No. Yeah. Now the next the, what the question was and I was kind of skirting it a little bit because I, listen I. I'm not stupid. I'm not, not going to put my foot in my mouth. But the answer for that, he asked, is will it hurt home sales? I don't know that it would. It might actually help you because it it's saying to the world that this is a neighborhood that's diverse. And certainly in this day and age with the political atmosphere that is out there, I think in many parts of the country, this that's a good thing, showing that everyone respects everybody else. So I would tell you, not to worry about it. I mean, um, it's one of those things that uh, it may catch on. It may not. You know, we're, we've got such a wild political climate right now between everything that's going on. This is one thing that I think people want to express their their attitudes, their feelings. I mean, they should be allowed to do that based on our, our Constitution. I hope that answered it. And um, it may not be the answer you want, but, again, that's our goal is just to give you the, the, the answer the way it, it appears to us. Back to the phones and good morning, Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show News Radio eight forty WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Lindsay. Yeah. How much does my credit rating affect my ability to buy a home and my interest rate? So this is a tough one for you, Randy, because I know it fluctuates. But what does credit rating affect in their interest rate and their loan to value? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. So uh, if you're uh, above seven hundred uh, and you do a conventional loan and you Say you're at a 660, you're around a quarter to three eighths of points difference. Uh, you can go down to a 580 with three and a half percent down and under a 580 at 10% down. And what about the amount down of down payment? I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. What about the amount of um, debt you have on your credit? I mean, that could be a problem as well. Yes. It's not just your credit rating, it's also how much debt there's is there right uh government loans which are fha loans uh in particular are uh your debt to income including your housing payment not including like your lg bill etc but uh, a car payment things of that nature you're looking around 50 to 55 percent debt to income ratio and when you get into a conforming loan fannie and freddie you're looking a total debt ratio around 42 and lower is when you get an approval pretty easily okay hopefully that helps you and i know we're running out of time. That's about as much as all we can do. Let's go one more call before we have to say goodbye. Good morning. Uh, Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Rosa. Hey. wondering if it's a good time to list the house right now. A, a street over from us, a house just sold quickly. Wondering mm-hmm. if it's a good time now or if we should put it off. It's actually a great time. We checked the number of homes on the market uh, the, this past week, about 3,400, normally 4,000 is good. Even that's short, but, you know, up to the 45, 5,000. So there are fewer homes on the market. You still have buyers looking. We're seeing a lot of activity online. 
and that's a big thing. And so that combined with the fact that you still have people looking for homes, this is a perfect time to be kind of the new kid on the block. Don't wait until March, April, May when a lot of homes are coming on the market. Yeah, there are fewer buyers right now, but there's still people moving into town, still people who want to move from one location to the other. And you being on the market as a new listing, you could be sold. And we just did this a couple of weeks ago in a matter of a day. So, yes, the answer is yes, Rosa. We are out of time. My thanks to Lee Harris, Legal Counsel, Limestone Title and Escrow at 649-7964, who also does great continuing education classes. Thanks for being here, Lee. Thank you. Also, Rattendy Rucky, Swan Financial, 645-0736. Thanks, brother. Good to see you. Thanks for having me, Paul. We will see you next Sunday. Of course, you can reach me anytime on my cell phone, 376-5483. For more information via email, bob at we sell See you next week on News Radio 840 WHAS.